Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. China is trying to help end the war in Ukraine and propose a 12-part plan for peace. The catch is the 12 parts have to be assembled by children. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good plan, I guess. So we'll be talking a little bit about China and Ukraine, which China and Ukraine didn't usually go together as a story, but they kind of do now. Uh, more on that coming up later this hour. Also, the announcement from the Energy Department, the U.S. Department of Energy, that they believe the lab leak theory is the most likely theory for the origin of COVID. Uh, And what that means about what we've seen over the last couple of years, it all relates to people, organizations, officials who claim they're going to manage who gets what information, and it's for your own good, so settle down and take it, and how outrageous that is and how we all have to resist it. Can't wait to talk about that, the so-called disinformation thing. It's unbelievable. Anyway, I thought this was interesting. Uh, illegal immigration. You've heard of it, I'm sure. You've seen the uh, video of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people pouring across the border and or applying for asylum, wherein they are turned loose into the country, Or at least they were for a very long time until quite recently when the Biden administration finally decided, yes, this is such a disaster and everybody's paying so much attention to it. I think we need to return to sanity. Uh, But here is what it looks like once those people have poured across the border. The main hospital in Yuma, Arizona, is speaking out on what they're seeing and what it's costing because they are getting absolutely crushed under the flow of illegal immigrants. They put the price tag on the border prices with the officials telling lawmakers Thursday uh, that it spent $26 million on uncompensated care for the wave of illegal immigrants who've threatened to swamp the facilities. That's last year, one hospital in Yuma, Arizona, $26 million. Uh, Dr. Robert Trenchell, who's the president and CEO, said migrants are particularly stressful patients needing everything from dialysis to heart surgery to prenatal care, which is often the first care that pregnant women get. When babies are born, they have to stay in the intensive care unit for a month because of the complications of their situation frequently. And also, and this is, you know, getting a little bit into America's nanny laws, uh, the good doctor said discharging migrants is also tougher because they have to pay for safe discharge. You can't turn a patient loose if they don't have, for instance, the medical equipment they need or a means to get where they need to go to heal. And so you have to furnish them with a, you know, whatever machine and fly them in the machine to wherever they claim their relatives are living, maybe at the other end of the country. Oh, my God. When when has this ever happened in human history where a country lets you uh, 
come across the border, then go to your hospital, and then the taxpayers pay for whatever you need to do. Yeah. Wow. God dang it. I, I swear, it's just because so many people aren't aware of this. If I lived anywhere in the world that wasn't a first world country, I would do whatever it takes, legal or illegal, to get my family to the border and get into the United States. Right. Because then you're set. Particularly the United States, because we've got such perverse policies, and it's all built. And this is, you know, it's funny. This is the same punchline as the story about uh, controlling speech and claiming uh, the Wuhan lab leak theory was uh, conspiracy theories and stupid and insane. Uh, All of this stuff is about acquiring power. And the reason, for the longest time, the Democratic Party advocated these absolutely indefensible policies of open borders and unenforceable laws was because they were gaining political advantage among Hispanic people. Look at the uh, look at the Republicans. They're they're racist against anybody who's who's got any darker skin than, you know, an Irishman. Look at them. They're racist. And, and Hispanic people thought, wow, well, I can't vote for somebody who's racist against my people. Surely they're not just lying to me about this. And so the Democrats got temporary, uh, you know, benefit of political power from those arguments. But those arguments, the thing that was necessary for those arguments was they had to back it up with this bizarre and and insupportable uh, immigration policy. Anyway, there's more to this Yuma story. Uh, da, da, da. The migrants are crowding out Yuma's residents, competing for beds in the emergency room, and forcing delays in elective surgery because doctors are needed to care for the migrants. Remember, folks, we learned this during COVID. An elective surgery is not, I want bigger boobs, or I'd love to have, you know, such and such movie star's nose, or what. An elective surgery <laughs> is any surgery that is scheduled. It's a surgery that's not an emergency surgery, including... I have such painful gastroenteritis, I can't hold a job. You know, that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, we've had to delay, says the doctor, uh, maternity patients with planned inductions because we've simply been out of space in our maternity unit with migrant patients who've had deliveries. Uh, He testified at a field hearing held by the House Judiciary Committee. Do you remember this? The Democrats boycotted the hearing, calling it a stunt. Jim Jordan blasted that. He said, quote, Democrats dismiss the experiences of these real people. So we have universal health care for illegals. And unlimited, practically. Yeah. Including, again, transportation and all the equipment you need to get healthy. Which, you know, is, is, is lovely and generous if we had some sort of reasonable limitations who, for who gets in and gets that treatment. Or at least, Jack, as you've called for many times through the decades, can we at least have a conversation? You, I don't, you extreme left or whatever, however you describe it politically, open borders people. How many do you think we should have? A million, ten million, hundred and fifty million. You, you, you give me a number, and we'll start from there. But you have to admit, there ought to be a number. Well, especially if you're going to offer free health care. Etc. One witness, uh, Yuma County Supervisor Jonathan Lyons, said uh, Mayorkas, the uh, utterly useless and dishonest Homeland Security uh, Secretary, lied in meetings with local leaders last year when he promised to plug nine gaps in the border wall. He says it's not reasonable what's happening. Yuma has a population of about 100,000 people. The Border Patrol apprehended more than 300,000 illegal immigrants in the uh, fiscal year, last fiscal year. 
He said, locals said the migrants have polluted the river, farm fields, warned of spillover violence. And Mr. Lines, the supervisor, said challenges extended to schools. Now, this is the sort of talk that almost got our career snuffed out at its beginnings where we pointed out, hey, maybe you're in, in favor of, of lots and lots and lots of immigration, legal and illegal. But it's a real challenge for schools. It's expensive and it, it interferes with the education of all the kids, especially the English speaking kids. Um, and, and, and various politicians, including uh, Daryl Steinberg, one of the most powerful uh, politicians in California, try to get us run out of our jobs and end our careers for saying that. But uh, we triumphed mostly because we're right. Anyway, <laughs> this guy said the challenges extend to schools where English as a second language teacher said they were increasingly finding children in their classroom who didn't speak English or Spanish. And the community is now struggling to provide resources for children who speak Eastern European or Central Asian languages. Here's a question for you. Are school funds limited or unlimited? If you answered limited, you're right. And if you've got to pour millions and millions of dollars in teaching English to Chinese students and African students and a dozen other uh, languages or 150 other languages. Didn't we just agree that that the resources are limited? You got to take those resources from somewhere and someone. I can tell you, I I know for a fact how it has worked in classrooms that I'm aware of. For instance, a -hmm. kid shows up who speaks some pick your language and then the teacher, after every sentence they say, says it into their Google Translator there in their phone or whatever, and then does it in that language. And it really bogs things down. And all the other kids are staring out the window bored. Oh That's a God. crazy way to do things. And you know who it's worse to is our best and brightest students who need to learn quickly. They need to be challenged constantly because they got good brains. Well, it ain't good for anybody. No, no, it is not. It is not. Uh, where were we? Ah, yeah. At the hospital, migrants generally have no ability to pay, which means the cost of their medical care has to be absorbed by the hospital, writes the Washington Times. Absorbed by the hospital. One of the few places you'll even hear discussion of this hearing and the doctor's uh, testimony. He said, because, and again, <laughs> I'll bet you could guess, is a hospital's, uh, uh, are a hospital's resources limited or unlimited that's right they can't print their own money they're limited you win and dr trenchell says well because these people have no ability to pay uh, that means fewer doctors fewer fewer access points less new equipment available to the community and to the hospital well sure and do the prices for everyone else go up or stay the same do they just absorb those costs as it said there or does everything get more expensive And the good doctor was asked by Tom Tiffany, a Wisconsin Republican whose name makes him sound like, I don't know, Tom Tiffany, like a male stripper. That's an interesting name. Anyway. It does have a uh, bit of a Chippendales ring to it. It does. Ladies, somebody scream. Here's Tom (laughs) Tiffany. Oh, yeah. And he trots out uh, with his 3% body fat and his big muscular chest. I hate him. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, so uh, he was asked by the Congress fellow. If nonprofits, which are collecting hundreds of millions of dollars to help accommodate the migrants, have offered to pay for some of the care. We've not received any compensation from anyone, the doctor said. And he said hospitals around the country will experience the same thing since the migrants generally are not staying at the border, but dispersing deep into the interior to link up with family who are often here illegally themselves. Yeah. How is that not a conversation that we can have as a country? 
because only a racist would even have these conversations. We're not even going to participate in the hearing because it's so mean. The idea of whether or not you should give free unlimited health care to people who aren't citizens of the country. Wow. And are here under with no permission. Yeah, and then imagine that we probably have listeners right now. You should be, well, you probably are particularly angry. Like if you, for whatever reason, are barely getting by and your kid gets sick and you go to the hospital and you get hit with a bill and then you have to get on payments to make it because it's more than you can afford, that sort of thing. But if you're here illegally, you just go get whatever. Everything from open heart surgery to whatever the hell, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and the hospital absorbs it. Well, and I love the Democrats evading it, uh, and I can understand why. It's not grandstanding, and it's certainly not racist. It's that they're so wrong. Their their policies are indefensible. In the face of a lot of these nice people who I'm sure are Democrats, they will have no answers for the questions. And so they claim, no, it's grandstanding or racism or something, and we're not showing up. Well, okay. Last week, the murderer Murdaugh, you're probably not supposed to call him a murderer, right? He's on trial. Alleged murderer, Jack. Murdaugh. Murdoch. Yeah, how do they say it there? Murdoch. Uh, the murderer Murdoch said, I would hurt myself before I would hurt my wife or son. For some reason, I sounded like Bill Clinton. Um, also a southern liar. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, wow. So many aspersions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So little time. But anyway, we can. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Check in on that trial, among other things. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Publisher of Roald Dahl's books announced that they're altering some of his insensitive language, like the words fat and ugly, as well as modernizing his portrayal of women, which will mostly affect Dahl's beloved children's classic, The Fat Ugly Wife Who Knew Her Place. <laughs> Wow. Which is, uh, that joke made me LOL, laugh out loud. But I didn't recognize the guy's name until I saw on Saturday Night Live they put up a couple of pictures of the covers of the book. Oh, yeah, those. I read all those to my kids like a million times. I didn't recognize. He's a beloved author in our family. I didn't recognize the author's name while this was a controversy last week. What's the controversy? Well, the, uh, the publisher of his books in preparing new editions has, and I'm quoting now, has made hundreds of changes to the original text, removing many of Dahl's colorful descriptions and making his characters less grotesque. Or as CBS put it, quote, alterations to author Raoul Dahl's books have been approved in an effort to make his books more inclusive. And Charlie Cook, who's a brilliant writer, Charles C.W. Cook uh, for the National Review, writes, "Inclusive, uh, inclusive of whom, I must ask, is some of Dahl's writing offensive? Sure, if you're wired that way, but who cares? In free cultures, writers are permitted to be offensive, colorful, and even grotesque without worrying that such choices will lead to being exhumed. According to Dahl's publisher, each of the newly uh, edited books will feature a promise of perpetual recension or perpetual revision in which a cabal of sensitivity readers will regularly review the language to ensure that it can continues to be enjoyable by all today. 
and Cook writes, what extraordinary arrogance this is. Leave aside for a moment that such an approach to literature is quite literally totalitarian. Need I remind you that in 1984, Winston Smith's job was to make sure, quote, every record has been destroyed or falsified, every book rewritten, every picture has been repainted, every statue and street building has been renamed, every date has been altered, so that nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. That is literally what they're doing to these beloved pieces of literature. With the argument being that uh, having a character in a children's book described as ugly or fat, is going to harm children? Well, and it's not inclusive, as they say. Charles Cook points out that he enjoyed uh, the books in the late 80s. He's a youngish man. His cousins in the 2000s, his kids in the 2020s. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, already the excuses are flying. It's only a few words, say the toadies. The rest is there, but that dog won't hunt. If it's only a few words, then, well, it's only a few words. Either those words matter or they do not. Either they are negligible or they're not. Either they're worth our attention or they're not. And besides, those are only a few words written by Raoul Dahl, the greatest genius in the history of children's books. Dr. Seuss wants to put on his boxing gloves right, and, right. and have a say with that, but uh, he's certainly in the conversation. As a literary yardstick, quote, only a few words cannot be divorced from those words' context, meaning not all words are equal. And he goes on quite brilliantly. We can post this uh, for your enjoyment at armstrongandgetty.com. Again, it's the gall. Of somebody who says, I know so much better than you, so much better than the greatest artists in the history of literature, I am going to rewrite this, and you will read my version now. Boy, I hate those people. I just feel like if we go down that road much, I'm just running through my head lots of classic children's books that are going to, you know, fall to the wayside uh, if we start to go down this road. Like practically all of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The cartoons already have, among others. There's much more to say, obviously. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And... Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, it's a business, man. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We know. The vast majority of Americans support Ukraine, but there are now many who are asking, how long can we spend like this? Well, first of all, I'm not sure how many are asking. I know the mega crowd is. The, the right-wing Republicans are, you know, talking about we can't do this. We find ourselves in a situation where the cost of doing, of walking away could be considerably higher than the cost of helping Ukraine maintain its independence. I don't know what the mega crowd is. Make Europe great again? (laughs) I think the old fellow meant MAGA. 
Right. I actually agree with Joe Biden uh, on this one. I think the cost of uh, the world order being upset is going to be more than however many billion dollars we put into Ukraine. I was thinking about during this, and I know some of you don't agree with that, but um, uh, I do. Although, let's just, let me just say this real quick. His portraying it as only lunatics or ugly MAGA people would ask the question, how much is enough and what are the things we're balancing? Come on now. Yeah, well, and it's its own interesting question. If DeSantis is, as he indicated last week in an interview, uh, aligned with Trump on the whole, hey, we need to worry about our own stuff and not be spending money in Ukraine. If he if he ends up, that's his position. That's going to be interesting if the Republicans, two main candidates, are stop spending money in Ukraine candidates. But anyway... That's a different topic from what I wanted to talk about. What did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, One thing about that Joe Biden position is it reminds me of um, early on in one of the wars when the Democrat left hated George W. Bush so much and would uh, react to everything he said negatively. I remember when Tom Friedman, a lefty himself, would write articles in the New York Times saying some things are true even if George Bush says they are. And I feel that way with Joe Biden on some of this stuff with Ukraine. Some things are true, even if Joe Biden said it. And that's my mm-hmm. position on the, the whole Ukraine situation. But a different topic. I don't think Biden's handling the F-16 thing correctly. And he was asked about that by David Muir of ABC News over the weekend. We know President Zelensky continues to say what he really needs are F-16s. Will you send F-16s? Look, we're sending him what our seasoned military thinks he needs now. He needs tanks, he needs artillery, he needs air defense, including another HIMAR. There's things he needs now that we're sending him to put him in a position to be able to make gains this spring and this summer going into the fall. You don't think he needs F-16s now? No, he doesn't need F-16s now. So that starts with the president. Uh, Several of his people were on various shows over the weekend. Their answers don't make sense. So there's something going on there, isn't there? The answers have never made sense on any of this stuff from the beginning. And then they always relent and then eventually give it to them. So what's the initial weirdness? Let's listen to a pushback on that from Michael McCall. He was on uh, some of the talk shows over the weekend. He's the ranking Republican on the Foreign Relations Committee. I was at the Munich Security Conference, met with a lot of the high-ranking military officials, including our Supreme Allied Commander. Uh, They're all in favor of us putting not only F-16s in, but longer range artillery to take out the Iranian drones in Crimea. Uh, In fact, the word I kept hearing was, uh, we need to put everything we have into there. So Michael McCall and others saying the 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 uh, he, he kept quoting the uh, head commander of NATO who's an, uh, saying, yeah, they need F-16s. He said, I'm going to take their word for it. Um, so but so whether it was the Abrams tanks or geez, going back to the beginning, it was like ammunition and semi-automatic pistols. They always say that's not that's not going to help them. It would take too much training. We can't get them there in time. OK, now it's a year later. Everybody thinks this is still going to be going on a year from now. So right. what the what's the whole it wouldn't help them right now. It would take time to train. That's obviously a dodge. That's my point. Yes, it's a dodge. Oh, yeah. So so mm-hmm. what's what's going on there? What's the game that's being played? Well, I, I think sometimes I think the the old saying is sometimes a difference in degree is a difference in kind, um, and to ratchet up the ability to project offensive force to the level of having F sixteens is too much. It's too far. It's too. Think. It's too much for 
Russia to take? They're afraid Russia will overreact. Is that still the concern? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, partly, and also that, and and I'm I'm not speaking this opinion because it's mine. I'm just I'm trying to imagine the arguments. I think they think any uh, squadron of Ukrainian pilots could say, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, this is Ukraine one to Ukraine two. Uh, it's crazy that we're letting uh, Russia bomb and kill our citizens when their factory is right there over the border. I'm going to bomb the s out of it. Who's with me?" Yeah, that'd be a hard thing to resist, no doubt about it. Your own, you know, your brother's dead. Your house is destroyed. Your kids live in another country now. I'm not allowed to cross this border and bomb one of their towns, that factory or the capital or whatever the hell. Why not? We're yeah, at war. they got half a million troops in my country. I'm going to go in theirs. Yeah. Honey, so you think that's it? That's my best guess. Interesting. Well, there's something going on because their reasoning doesn't make any sense. I saw so many different officials... On the shows with well, that it would take time to train the pilots, and they, and all the pushback never got answered. Well, then train the pilots, and then when they're ready, we'll. At this point, we've determined the F-16s wouldn't really help them. What they need that doesn't make any sense. No, and Zelensky's not a fool either. I, I know the anti-Zelensky Tucker Carlson crowd is claiming that he just wants the F-16 so he can put them on eBay for his own. Uh, <laughs> Uh, right, you know, gain, but uh, right. I don't buy that argument. Uh, I, I, you know, and I wish I had on the line somebody from, uh, you know, uh, the Air Force or or the Navy Air Corps or something like that to answer the question: How many people are behind that pilot in the F sixteen mechanics uh, and and flight crew and? Um, you know, everybody else who I, I can't imagine because I've never done that for a living. But it's got to be many people for each F-16, all of them trained, pipeline for parts, uh, uh, facilities to do the mechanical work on such an advanced beast as our best uh, fighter jets. Um, and that's an enormous infrastructure to try to get going. But I get that, but they've made the same argument with so many different things. The weapon systems that would shoot down missiles. No, can't do that. Too provocative. Training, blah, blah, blah. Pipeline you were just talking about. Then all of a sudden, one day, it's okay. And you give it to them. I mean, when we've You're been right. through this mm-hmm. a dozen times, I feel like. So I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say I might even agree with their argument, whatever it is. But I just wish they'd tell me it's... it's it's obviously a lie, what they're saying. Yeah, I just yeah, would like to know what the story is. Doesn't square. Hey, we got this email I thought was really good from uh, frequent correspondent JT and Livermore about the idea that we were discussing uh, last week uh, that the U.S. and NATO should have just gone in hardcore from the beginning under what he calls the false assumption that Putin would, have, would not have escalated beyond reason. He points out that it's uh, crazy in itself to assume rational thinking by Putin, and he goes into some detail on that. Um, it's hard to predict his response, but uh, da, 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 the U.S. Uh, look, the seeds of my point have already been made by ANG over the last year. The U.S. gives hardware, but says going giving X would be escalatory and crossing a red line. Three months later, we're giving X, but saying giving Y would be escalatory right. and crossing a red line. Right. Two months later, we give Y, but say giving Z would be <laughs> escalatory, etc. Yes. Been doing that like for a year now. Like it or not, incrementalism has a different response than dramatic acute ramping up, as evidenced by the old frog in the pot of water uh, metaphor slash uh, fable. The strategy is working. If we'd gone all in in the beginning, Putin might have been forced to escalate. Oh, yeah. Well, we all know, we all know that that human nature is true, uh, whether it's mm-hmm. 
geez, spending or well, whatever it is. I mean, if you if you if you started at the end point you're currently at now with your geez, you come up with so many different examples. You would think, oh, well, I'd be a horror. But you get there little by little. Uh, one great example of that is what we were talking about last hour, and that is uh, the state of the United States, where everybody is so terrified of litigation, and and we have such a veal calfy society that everybody's afraid to do anything, or or you're just forbidden from doing anything. And and uh. if you had imposed that suddenly in 1972, there would have been a freaking revolution. And I don't mean like people chanting outside the Supreme Court. I mean taking up arms. And yet here we are. Right. Yeah. You know, you may I may have talked me out of my own position, which was. They might have a good reason I'm willing to go along with it. Maybe this incrementalism is the whole reason. It's like, look, we've done this now 15 times. It works. We fight and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Then we do it all of a sudden, and Putin doesn't react. But you got to look at the balloon episode. There's no justifying that. That was lawyers getting involved, and they chickened out, and Biden did the wrong thing and letting that freaking yeah. balloon travel across the country. So he could be mm-hmm. doing the wrong thing on holding back the F-16s for stupid reasons. It's possible, but I need to hear a counter to the, that would be a serious, serious escalation. I mean, in a way that uh, other things are not. Um, there, there are just there are limited ways you can use everything God, else we've given I, them in an offensive operation. But F-16s, man. I feel like I've heard that several times. Uh, Abrams tanks, that would be a line that Putin couldn't put. These uh, HIMAR missiles shoot down, that's a, you know the best weapon on Earth. That would be crossing. How many times have I heard this? And then we yeah, go well, ahead and decide to do it. The difference is they were wrong, and I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know the answer. I just don't like being... F- Act, being talked to like I'm an idiot. Your reasoning yeah. doesn't make any sense. It'll right. take too long to train the pilot. Well, start training them now. And when they're ready in six months, then you give them the plane. The war's still going to be going on, you see. Or if it turns out they don't ultimately need them, we will have, you know, spend some time and money, certainly, but in training up uh, our friends, the Ukrainians, into how to fly and service jets, and uh, and they're t- destined to be NATO members at some point going forward. So our trainers got some training in. Uh, one more thing on this, and maybe we'll bring it back up again later in the show, this whole topic, but I did notice all the various people, the president on down on the shows over the weekend, nobody used the term red line with China. They were asked many, many times, how big a deal would it be if China starts to arm the Russians remember his UN ambassador used the term red line. I noticed nobody else did. I'll bet you don't hear that term again. They do not want to be locked in to a red line on this because China is going to start arming the Russians and we're going to not already. If they're not already, we're going to be able to throw sanctions at them or whatever, but ain't no red line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. All that is so silly. I mean, it's all politics, and it's silly. You know, I could, I could say there's a red line. If you cross it, well, I'm going to say stop it. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's up to me what the sanctions are. But sanctions don't work. Have we all come to the conclusion? I believed that my whole life that sanctions don't work because I'd seen uh, so many different countries get bombs or do whatever when they've been sanctioned. You know, uh, then I thought a year ago, wow, this is going to be the first time in my life where I see sanctions work and Russia's economy. They now say is actually grown. Not only did not shrink, but grew. I think this is the ultimate test, wasn't it, for sanctions? Apparently, you cannot deter people with sanctions. 
First of all, you were writer than I realized you were when you were claiming that. And secondly, uh, it's led me to Joe Getty's principle 47C, which is as follows. Sanctions are effective where there are no workarounds. There are always workarounds. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Including sometimes like with Iraq, your friends. Remember when Europe was getting around the sanctions on Iraq? Oh. Some of our best it, friends, France and... The son of the head of the U.N. was getting right. rich off that crap. Right. Remember that? The Egyptian guy? Yeah, that's a good rule. Sanctions work. If there are no workarounds, part B, there are always workarounds. Yeah. Is that a tangent or a <laughs> something? Anyway. That's hey, the old next good hour. for the goose, good for the gander. I think that's what that is. Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. Um, next hour, going big on the energy department. U.S. Department of Energy saying, yeah, the lab leak theory in Wuhan, that's the most compelling possibility, the most likely. It has multi-layered significance, and I think the COVID part may be the least important. Uh, so we'll get into that. An important Pinocchio check with Glenn Kessler of the Washington Post. The media misleading you. Shocking. How could that possibly happen? Among other things on the way, stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality, no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show, on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was announced that Brittany Griner has signed with the Phoenix Mercury for one year. Unfortunately, the WNBA pays less than a Russian prison. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The groans from the crowd. <laughs> what are you groaning at? <laughs> so Woody Harrelson was the host of Saturday Night Live and did a, like... Barely their criticism of COVID vaccines. I'm not sure I would have picked up on it if I hadn't read the controversy first. That happens a lot where, you know, you get the online controversy. NBC in trouble with Twitter because of blah, blah, blah. Right. I wouldn't even have noticed he made a comment on it. So I don't know. You got to be skeptical of anything that's supposedly controversial. You know, I saw a headline on in the Fox News' website the other day. I was just reading how utterly dominant their website is in, in conservative news. Um, and, and the headline was, uh, School Board Members Brawl Over Explicit Book. And so I clicked on the story, of course. And the brawl consisted of a rather gentlemanly argument in which one guy raised his voice briefly. His voice briefly. Right, right, right. right. That's the brawl. Yeah, so yeah, anytime, and maybe you're you all are enough students of media at this point to get it, but anytime you see so and so's in trouble or uh, controversial or anything like that, man, go to the source because oftentimes it's a freaking nothing. Apparently, it's not a nothing for Scott Adams of Dilbert fame. Dilbert might not be in your newspaper anymore. I didn't know Dil- he was still writing New Dilberts, was he? He's not. No, He's not. It's, it's 
No, they're timeless. It's the old, so. it's the old Dilberts. That's right. They the, recycle them. The workplace has always been that sucky and always will be. So mm-hmm. you can keep using the same Dilberts forever. Anyway, he made some controversial comments over the weekend that apparently were controversial enough that, again, you might not see Dilbert in your local newspaper. We could get into that story later if you want to. Yeah, I suppose they were uh, they were uh, controversial. Oh, no yeah. I would say it was very poor judgment for him to say what he said. But. Uh, I think I know what he was trying to communicate, but he could have done a hell of a lot better job. I saw this story over the weekend. I love this sort of thing. Scientists over the weekend dissected a th- 3,500-year-old bear that was discovered in the Siberia permafrost, and it was one of those deals where it froze so quickly and so solidly for 3,500 years. This bear was dead and frozen 1,500 years before Jesus, for crying out loud. Anyway, I mean, it's a full-on bear. I'm looking at its foot. I mean, it's just, it's all, it's a furry bear. All the fur is still there. It just looks like a bear that died last weekend. Does it look like modern bears, or is it freaky or huge, or what? Uh, It's got a little more of a Sasquatchy look to it than, uh, Mm, than, than, but uh, anyway, so they're dissecting it, and I'll be interested to see what information comes out of that. I don't know how I feel about, I'm a little ooged out by the idea that this bear dying 3,500 years ago and being frozen then you find it and cut it all to pieces. It survived all those years. I don't know why well, that... it survived dead. I mean, it was dead. It dead vived. Yeah, I know it doesn't make sense, really, but uh, I, it, it existed for all those years. Now we chopped it up just because we found it. I, right. I get that. I think I know what you're driving at. Uh, did it wake up and want cocaine? I think I oh, feel like any time a bear, bear is mentioned, we we make it need to make reference to that hit film. <laughs> um, but so would they be able to get enough DNA from that thing to bring back uh, ancient bears? I don't know. <laughs> um, you could probably clone it. I don't. I don't know. It's, I'm saying yes, and and, and it runs uh, rampant over the the landscape and and eats many many people. This is the uh, the opposite of if you found a dead bear today and decide to dissect it, I'm fine with it. You find that old one, I'm bothered by it. It's a reverse of humans that are buried, where it's weird that, like, if I go down to the cemetery and find a fresh plot and dig them up, I'm a grave digger. But right. if uh, Grave robber, ghoul, freak, weirdo. Right, but if it's 3,500 years ago and I go dig that person up, I'm an archaeologist. Exactly. Oh, completely different thing. Yeah, why don't you just go ahead and, and hang with the laws on that while you're working it out in your mind? Well, I wasn't <laughs> why don't you just accept that there's something there before you, I don't know, what, are you going to go take people's gold fillings or what? Yeah, what did you have in mind? Take a pair of pliers and pull the gold out of their teeth. No, jeez, good God. <laughs> I'd take a certain sort of person that could do that. Oh, my so did the COVID actually come out of that lab in Wuhan? Well, the government, another government agency says, yeah, I can't believe we're even talking about this. That's to kick off hour three. If you missed an hour, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. Are you ready for hard hitting observations? Reality remains reality, no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. 